Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. standing by. Hey, wacky Bruce. Coming to you from an undisclosed location, this is the Bruce Exclusive. And here's your host, Bruce Nolan. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to another edition of the Bruce Exclusive a Buffalo Rumblings podcast. I'm your host, Bruce Nolan. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram, at Bruce Exclusive. Welcome back. You know, for you, it's been a week since we've talked. But for me, it's actually only been a couple days. I am recording this podcast on Sunday, the 28th, which is something I never do. For those of you who know me, None of you, but for those of you who know enough of me, you know that I'm a man who likes a routine, I like a process, I like habits, I like consistency. So for me to do this on Sunday, when the podcast doesn't release until Thursday, is implementing a ton of risk. I am injecting a lot of risk into this, so I really hope... That the things we're talking about today on this podcast are not things that will be completely obsolete by the time this podcast actually publishes. Because we're going to talk about DeAndre Hopkins again. I feel like I should have just opened the podcast with Panda Watch again. But I already used that joke. And now I'm telling you that I'm using the joke. So it's just not funny all the way across the board. It's just not funny, Bruce. In the event that you've been living under a rock recently, Arizona Cardinals wide receiver DeAndre Hopkins was released over the weekend. And the reason why that's important is because now the dynamics of acquiring DeAndre Hopkins have changed. Now it is no longer a, can you absorb his contract? Do you need to restructure his contract? Now it is, what does he want exactly? Because we know what he had. And marrying the compensation level to the contract that you are acquiring is a meaningful part of any trade negotiations. And we know that no one was willing to meet that demand. Whatever the Cardinals wanted, they weren't able to get. So they just went ahead and cut him. And they cut him pre-June 1st and did not earmark it as a post-June 1st designation. And so because of that, they are taking all of the $22 million of dead cap hit in 2023, which is further indication that the Cardinals are interested in taking their lumps this year. Some of you might 
have a different word for that. Rhymes with schmanking. But the Cardinals are looking at two potentially high first-round picks next year because they do have the Texans pick from when the Texans traded up for Will Anderson in the 2023 draft. So we know where they're at. But now it turns to the remainder of the league. We start looking around the league at everybody else and going, okay, I see you there. I know what it was that you're up to. You're thinking about D-Hop, aren't you? Everybody's looking at each other going, is this the team who's going to beat us out for D-Hop? And so I want to look at the non-Buffalo Bills suitors for DeAndre Hopkins. And the reason I want to do that is because there's a lot more than you think. And every single player says things like, hey, I want to go compete for a ring. But inevitably, they end up signing for a team where you go, well, they have a pretty low chance of winning a ring, don't you think? And we just shouldn't assume that the Buffalo Bills are the only team in the market. And there's a lot of them. And we are going to chat about some of them. So let's start. Let's start by qualifying some of the things that he has said. And by he, I mean DeAndre Hopkins. He said that he's past the point in his career where he would want to catch passes from a rookie quarterback. That doesn't mean we can rule those out because, again, money talks. It just means we would lower them on the priority list. He also mentions that he wanted stability in the front office as a criteria for the next team because he's played under multiple general managers. So we'll take that into consideration. He also specifically listed five quarterbacks that he'd love to play with. That does not mean that he would not play with other quarterbacks. It just means we are weighting these things appropriately. So let's get started. Kansas City. The reigning Super Bowl champions. They chose to trade away Tyreek Hill rather than pay him in the $30 million range, which is the contract he got from the Miami Dolphins. Then they turned around and invested a second-round pick in Sky Moore out of Western Michigan at receiver and then traded a third and a sixth for Kadarius Toney, former New York Giants and University of Florida wide receiver. Those investments total accumulated 36 catches for 421 yards during the regular season. Then they traded up to draft SMU receiver Rushi Rice only a few weeks ago in the second round of the NFL draft. Now, that means that they've invested assets in young players and they haven't gotten concrete production to show for it. So that indicates why they would be interested. Why would Hopkins be interested? Well, he had mentioned his previously his affinity for Patrick Mahomes and Albert Breer of the NFL Network had reported that the two sides spoke earlier this offseason, but the contract was a hurdle. Now that the contract can be structured differently, the drums will continue to beat for Kansas City as a potential destination. Now, the Chiefs have the second lowest cap space of any team in the NFL per over the cap. And it kind of felt like they utilized their squeeze the last bit of juice out of the orange cap that you could possibly do as far as contractually goes. It kind of feels like they used that up when they signed former Buccaneers tackle Donovan Smith, which means it's going to be difficult for them to be able to do what they want to do. Next team on the list, the New England Patriots. I know what you're thinking. The Patriots are currently 
plus 6,500 to win the Super Bowl. So if winning a title is the most important thing for Hopkins, he is very likely to find a team with a higher probability of bringing home the Lombardi, at least in 2023. But this wouldn't be the first time that we've heard a player talk about how winning a title is incredibly important to them and then sign with a team that didn't appear to give them the best chance to do it. It's important to note that, number one, people lie. Number two, people's priorities aren't necessarily our priorities. And number three, the way that they interpret those teams' chances of winning the Super Bowl are very different. Because remember, everyone's going to look at a team and they're going to go, yeah, but what if they had me? That's the way players are going to think. Well, what if they had me? Am I the missing piece? Yeah, I understand they're plus 6,500, but I'm DeAndre Hopkins. This is a very common athlete mindset. So you can't put your logic into them and assume that they're going to behave in the way that always makes sense to you. Hopkins and Patriots head coach Bill Belichick have been effusive in their praise of each other in the past and had a clip outlining their respect where they were talking to each other go viral at one point during Hopkins' tenure with the Cardinals. Also, if Hopkins is looking for the largest target share, New England might be his best bet. They are a strong candidate to rebound on offense, at least, because they brought in a new offensive coordinator. But this same fact is what makes me believe New England is a long shot to acquire him, because that offensive coordinator is Bill O'Brien. DeAndre Hopkins was quoted as saying that he and Bill O'Brien had, quote, no relationship. Michael Irvin, Pro Football Hall of Famer, had told ESPN's Get Up that Hopkins had mentioned to him that there was, quote, a bit of a power struggle, end quote, in the Texans' locker room due to the wide receiver's perceived influence versus that of O'Brien's. So on paper, the Patriots make a lot of sense. They can offer him the highest target share immediately, walks in as the number one unquestioned guy. We know he has a previous relationship with Bill Belichick that is positive. They have meaningful amount of cap space relative to a lot of teams on this list. But there's relationship dynamics at play there. And that makes it more difficult to see this move coming to fruition. We're going to take a quick break. Stick with me. We'll be back with the rest of this list. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge... That takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a... 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. 
Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a Prop G Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Prop G Pod wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back, everybody, and thank you for joining me for this edition of the Bruce Exclusive, a Buffalo Rumblings podcast. I'm your host, Bruce Nolan. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram, at Bruce Exclusive. Welcome back. We're going through the list of non-Bills teams that could make sense or could not make sense for DeAndre Hopkins. We went through the Chiefs, went through the Patriots. Now, we're going to go to the Baltimore Ravens. The Ravens were assumed to be out on Hopkins when they signed Odell Beckham Jr., it's a one-year contract. It's worth up to $18 million. Then they drafted wide receiver Zay Flowers out of Boston College in the first round of the 2023 NFL draft. I just kind of sounded like I was from Boston with that. I said Boston College. They have former first-round receiver Rashad Bateman returning from a foot injury that cost him most of the 2022 season. But Lamar Jackson signed to a fresh new deal has a pass-more-run-less mindset by his own admission. They have a new offensive coordinator in Todd Monken, and they have middle-of-the-road cap space. Lamar Jackson was on the list of quarterbacks that DeAndre Hopkins said he wanted to play with. He said, quote, it would be an honor to play with him. He had a new identity on offense, could come up with a new level of aggressiveness. Baltimore makes sense. The biggest knock against Baltimore is you think it's a little overkill? If DeAndre Hopkins wants to come in and wants to get the target share that he's used to, they have a lot of mouths to feed in Baltimore now. You got a first-round receiver. You got Rashad Bateman, who has previously made his displeasure with the GM clear when Eric DaCosta was having a discussion about the Ravens' seemingly low hit rate at wide receiver. So you got Odell. Zay Flowers, Rashad Bateman, now DeAndre Hopkins comes in. So all of a sudden, it's, it's a lot of people. Rashad Bateman probably wants to make sure that he gets his target share. So does Odell Beckham. Bateman's pushing for a second contract at this point. This is year three. So you could sign him and you end up with a trade request. It's just a lot. But it's by far the most glaring issue for Baltimore, which means you got to think they have an opportunity here. Let's talk about the Los Angeles Chargers. Neither of the Chargers' starting receivers are stone-cold locks to be on the team's roster in 2024. I don't know if you've spent a lot of time looking at the contracts for Los Angeles Chargers wide receivers, but it's notable. Keenan Allen is scheduled to have a $34.7 million cap hit during his age 32 season in 2024. After a hamstring injury, limited to 10 games in 2022. Mike Williams's cap hit will be $32.4 million during his age 30 season. The Chargers recently restructured both their deals to push that out. Now, they did draft wide receiver Quentin Johnston in the first round out of TCU of the 2023 NFL draft, but that takes care of one of your issues for 2024. 
if Hopkins was looking for a multiple year commitment where he could be at least a guy, not necessarily the guy, but at least a top two guy for not just this year, but moving forward, the Chargers make a lot of sense. They still have $12.7 million in cap space for 2023. And Justin Herbert was listed as one of the five quarterbacks that Hopkins said prior to his release he'd like to play for. Let's flip over to the NFC and let's talk about the Philadelphia Eagles. I know it seems crazy, but it's Howie Roseman. He's in a Super Bowl window and he knows it. The Eagles general manager is known for his aggressiveness and is surely checking in on Hopkins. The presence of A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith at the top of the depth chart might indicate a lower target share, but if you're trying to win a championship, it's pretty easy to make the argument that the team who was literally just in it and happens to have a weak NFC is your best spot to do it. I mean, if you're DeAndre Hopkins and you want to try and win a Super Bowl, I understand everyone talks about Kansas City and Buffalo, but what about the Eagles? Jalen Hurts was listed as one of the quarterbacks, so that checks the box. He said he wanted uh, stable management upstairs. You get that with the Eagles. The Eagles have one of the best rosters in football, and they're in the NFC. If you're really ring hunting, you got to think about the Eagles. If you're willing to put the other stuff aside, you got to think about the Eagles. Staying in the NFC, and specifically staying in the NFC East. Let's talk about the New York Giants. The Giants make sense for the same reason as the New England Patriots. In the fact that they can offer the clearest immediate path to unquestioned wide receiver one targets. I think we all kind of assume that the Giants were probably in the market for a wide receiver in the first round of the draft. But then wide receivers went 20, 21, 22, 23. Bam, 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 bam. All four of the first round wide receivers were right there. So they took Deontay Banks instead. Then the Giants traded up in the third round and they got Jalen Hyatt. Well, getting Jalen Hyatt in the third round does not preclude you from being able to sign DeAndre Hopkins. Giants head coach Brian Dable and their general manager Joe Shane saw the change in Josh Allen when Buffalo acquired Stephon Diggs. Getting someone that kind of player can help take their game to the next level. Would they not want to do that same thing for Daniel Jones? And before you think the Giants are maybe, you know, a joke or something, they won just as many playoff games as the Buffalo Bills did in 2023. They're in a weaker conference. They have slightly more cap space, but they can offer Hopkins elite target share immediately. The question is, of course, how would Hopkins feel about playing with Daniel Jones? Jones was not on the list of players he was itching to play with. Doesn't mean he wouldn't do it. It just means he specifically didn't name him. Some quick hitters. DeAndre Hopkins, former quarterback, Deshaun Watson, is with the Cleveland Browns. We haven't really talked about the Browns that much, but how interested are the Browns going to be in two late 20s, early 30s receivers? Well, just as much as the Buffalo Bills would be. You might say, well, they already got Amari Cooper. Well, the Bills have Stephon Diggs. Well, he's already in his late 20s. So is Stephon Diggs. But they also have a quarterback who knows DeAndre Hopkins and they're in a really important year right now for this regime and trying to win I think they always assumed Deshaun Watson wouldn't be back in the groove of it but 2023 was probably the year that they were shooting for 
knowing full well that a huge chunk of 2022 was going to be lost. Now, Deshaun Watson was really bad last year. Deshaun Watson and Zach Wilson had the same EPA per drop back in 2022. Deshaun Watson was bad, like bad, bad. But DeAndre Hopkins knows him. And if he feels comfortable that he's going to return to form, it could be something he'd be looking for. How about the Detroit Lions? Detroit Lions had Jameson Williams get suspended for gambling. They have a target hog already in the intermediate part of the field in Amon Ross St. Brown. But they're hoping to take the next step. DeAndre Hopkins could be a fit there in the NFC. I've just named a bunch of teams. A bunch of teams that could make sense that aren't the Bills. Why did I do this? Why did I bother to spend all this time on a bunch of teams that aren't the Bills? Well, number one, because every single podcast is going to be telling you about why is a fit with the Bills. And I want to do something different. The second reason is because I have my dynasty rookie draft over the last week. It's a slow draft. It's 24 hours per pick, though. Most people don't end up taking that unless they forget they're on the clock. But I want to tell you a story about it. It was what inspired this podcast, ironically enough. So I had pick seven in the first round. It wasn't my own pick. I was the runner-up in the league, so my natural pick was 11. But I had previously traded it and then gotten a different first round back. So I picked seven. And then I had the first pick in the third round. Those are the picks I'm scheduled to use. So I ended up trading down a little bit before the draft because I wanted to utilize an extra second to go get me another player. And I did. And I was 100% sure that Del Reed was going to take Zach Charbonnet. 100% sure. He didn't. So I was excited about that. I ended up getting Zach Charbonnet in the first round at 11. And then I traded up in the second round because I had the first pick in the third round. And I got Roshan Johnson. And I was really happy with that. I thought, okay, there's my draft hall. I think I can compete for a championship this year. I'm really happy about that. And then Tank Bigsby started to fall. He got past my pick where I traded up to get him Roshan Johnson. And he got past a couple of players who I thought would take him. At the end of the second round, at the beginning of the third round, I was trying furiously to trade up back in and get Tank Bigsby. I had previously said, hey, I'm done. I'm good. This team can compete for a championship. I think I can compete this year. I feel good about it. But then my circumstances changed. Tank Bigsby started to fall, and I wanted to get Tank Bigsby. I thought he'd be an upgrade at the bottom of my roster. So I did it. I tried furiously to trade back in. Multiple threes and a four, multiple fours and a three. Clyde Edwards-Alaire and some other picks. Because, you know, he's not worth a ton right now. So just a little bit of here and then some other picks. And I just couldn't get it done. And I was sitting there texting with a member of my, my league. And I was trying to get in. And I couldn't get in. He's like, oh, I got to make this pick. And he made it. And it was Tank Bigsby. Five picks into the third round. And I was like, no. I sent the gif of Darth Vader from Revenge of the Sith. Where is Padme? Is she safe? Is she all right? And then, of course, the Emperor says, it appears in your anger you killed her. And Darth Vader goes, no. Yeah, just that. And I was, I was crushed. And now my YouTube algorithm, because of all the last-minute research I was doing on Tank Bigsby, 
my YouTube algorithm thinks I still want to watch Tank Bisbee stuff. So it keeps suggesting it and just twisting the knife a little bit more. And I was all upset. And I found myself walking away from the Dynasty draft feeling unsatisfied. Which is weird because I just said that I was satisfied with it after I picked Roshan Johnson. I just said, hey, I think this team can win a championship. I feel good about this. But then my circumstances changed and I became dissatisfied. But the reality of the team that I had didn't change at all. The only thing that changed was my perception of my team versus what I thought it could have been. That's how I feel about DeAndre Hopkins right now. And I didn't realize it, to be honest, until this happened to me in the Dynasty Rookie Draft. I thought to myself, there are going to be people who were completely at peace with this Bills offense and felt good about the addition of Dalton Kincaid. They had already talked themselves into this idea that he was going to come in and be the Buffalo Bills version of Travis Kelsey. We can talk later on about whether or not that's wise. But they had talked themselves into it. But now they want D-Hop. They had moved on from D-Hop. But now they want him. And if somebody else gets him, they're going to be crushed. Even if it's the Browns. It doesn't even have to be the Chiefs. If it's the Browns or the Giants or the Eagles or the Lions, you're still going to be crushed. But a week ago, you were completely fine with this team. The team didn't change. We did. Our perception of what we could have had is blinding us to what we actually have. This is a good team. The Buffalo Bills in 2023. They're a good team. They can compete for a championship. With or without DeAndre Hopkins. I would think that the team would be better with him than without him. That's my personal opinion. I know that's a crazy hot take. But I think they'd be better with him. But I was hyper aware of that because of what happened in my rookie draft. I was very aware of my feelings. And I was like, you know what? No. I felt good about this draft beforehand, before Tank Bigsby started to go and fall, and I feel good about it now. My expectations changed, and my disappointment increased. So I just want to leave you with that. Now, perhaps by the time you are listening to this, he's already signed with the team, but he doesn't actually officially get released until Tuesday anyway. So I think I'm probably safe recording this on Sunday, but you never know. And you know what? If that happens and the podcast ends up being completely obsolete, you can listen to it back and laugh at me and just say, well, Bruce, that's the way the cookie crumbles. I'm Bruce Nolan, Buffalo Rumblings.